Hey everybody, it's Nate Skelly, your host of the Financial Pathway Podcast. I wanted to take just a second to tell you I have been working on expanding the scope and the volume of content that I put out. I really want to reach as many people as possible with practical, biblically-based financial principles. And so one of the ways that I do that, of course, is through the podcast. And I want to thank you so much for being a listener. I've also had the privilege to teach sessions at several churches this year. I'll be in several more later in 2021. Many of you already follow my Financial Pathway Facebook page. And and those three have been the primary ways by which I've been uh, sharing, teaching, and advice. But two new mediums of content that I'm working on right now is to develop a YouTube channel where I'll begin uploading the video version of my podcast, as well as other helpful videos. It won't just be the uh, podcast videos, but I'm also going to begin sending out regular updates via email. So these emails will include interesting articles I've read recently, new developments in the market or in legislation, maybe a couple practical financial tips that you can use in your own life. So if you'd like to be added to that email list, you can send me an email, info at nateskelly.com, or send me a message on Facebook, and I'll be sure to add you to that list. Look for more updates soon as I get closer to rolling that out, but I did want to put that out there and just make you aware that I'm trying to uh, put out more ways, more, more avenues. I'm excited about what I do. I'm just looking for better ways to get helpful advice to the most people. So thanks again for your support and for being a listener of the podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. Well, we are approaching the tax deadline May 17th this year, usually it would be April 15th, but they have moved it back because of COVID and the IRS is just really backed up right now with uh, getting out stimulus payments and processing returns with all the tax changes. So I know by now, by, by the time you're listening to this, this episode, most of you have already filed and paid your taxes or collected your refund. It might be taking a little bit longer this year because, again, the IRS is backed up. But uh, since the tax filing deadline has been delayed so too has the deadline to make your 2020 IRA contribution. So usually you can make contributions to an IRA for the previous year all the way up until April 15th, until the tax deadline. But because the IRS has bumped that back this year, they've also bumped back the IRA contribution deadline to May 17th as well. So I know a lot of you are getting money via a tax refund or through a stimulus payment, or maybe you're getting both. And so maybe you have some extra money sitting on the sidelines right now, and you're wondering, what's the smart thing to do? Or maybe you've just been wanting to start setting money aside periodically, systematically, $50, $100, $300 a month. And so the answer to that question may very well be to fund an IRA. Now, an IRA stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement, which I always thought it just stood for account. I never actually looked it up, uh, or at least for the longest time. I don't know why that is. I mean, I guess that would be too easy. It would make too much sense to call it an individual retirement account, individual retirement arrangement. So uh, regardless, it's a special tax advantaged account that lets you invest for retirement in a tax deferred way. So just like you could set up a checking account or a savings account, it's a type of account an IRA is, but it has special tax advantages, but also some limitations. 
One of the biggest advantages is that while you're investing money inside the IRA, any gains, any interest that you're making inside the account is not going to be taxed taxed year after year. As long as it's inside the account, it's what they call tax deferred. So it allows that money to continue to grow and multiply without getting uh, chipped away at taxes uh, year after year. So one of the best ways you can start saving for retirement is to fund an IRA. They are easy to set up, lots of places you can start an IRA. There's lots of options to invest in as far as how you want to invest your money inside the IRA, lots of options. You can maintain a lot of control uh, of the investments inside the account. You have a lot of leeway uh, as far as how you want to invest your money. And then of course, it allows you to get compound interest and time working for you. The earlier you can start investing for retirement, as we talked about before, the more powerful and the more beneficial it can be. Now, there's two basic types of IRA. So let's talk through the differences here. On one hand, you have a traditional IRA. So this was the first IRA that came around. These uh, Within the traditional IRA, contributions are income tax deductible up front. Now, income tax, that's not to say it's it's tax deductible for the other types of taxes like your payroll taxes but for income taxes it's tax deductible up front so that means if you were set to pay income taxes on $80,000 worth of income from last year but then you went and took $3,000 and put it into a traditional IRA now you're only going to pay income taxes on 77,000 instead of the 8,000 cuz that 3,000 is tax deductible up front you put the money inside the traditional IRA the funds, as as the interest is gained, it's not being taxed while it's inside the account, so it's allowed to grow for as many years as you have that set up. And then when you withdraw the money from the traditional IRA, later on down the road when you start taking money out, what you put in, your contribution, and the interest, whatever it's gained, those would be taxed as regular income. So in the eyes of the IRS, that money coming out of the IRA would just be like money that you made from a job. So you'd pay income taxes on whatever you're taking out. The idea is you didn't pay taxes going in, so you pay taxes when it comes out. If you withdraw, though, before you are 59 and a half, you will pay a 10% penalty. And then when you turn 72, the IRS will require you to start taking out a percentage each year so that you begin paying taxes on that money. Because again, the idea is you didn't pay taxes on the front end. And the IRS says, okay, now that you're 72, you have to start taking out at least a little bit so that we can start collecting taxes on that money. So that's the traditional IRA. The other type would be a Roth IRA. And and depending on what you've heard, a lot of people are big fans of the Roth IRA and and we'll explain why. Contributions uh, with a Roth IRA are made from money that's already been subject to income tax. So you're taking money you've already paid income taxes on. So for instance, if you were set to pay income taxes on $80,000 and then you made a $3,000 Roth IRA contribution, you're still paying income taxes on 80000 You don't get an upfront tax deduction. While the funds are inside the Roth IRA, any interest, any gains, they're not taxed while it's inside the account, just like the, the traditional. But the difference here is when you withdraw from your Roth IRA, both your contributions and your interest are tax-free. So all the money coming out the other end comes to you tax-free because you already paid taxes on the money that went in on the front end. So no taxes on the back end. That's the idea. You can withdraw your contributions uh, at any time, uh, penalty-free, but if you withdraw your earnings, uh, your interest, before you are 59 and a half, then there would be a 10% penalty, and then the earnings are treated as taxable income. So 
uh, there's no age at which you have to begin taking withdrawals because, again, you already paid taxes to the IRS on the money. So that's another advantage of, uh, of investing inside of a Roth IRA. So because of the tax-free later on in life, that's why a lot of people like the Roth IRA and also a little bit more of the flexibility of being able to uh, withdraw your contributions without a penalty. But the bottom line is this. Both of these types of accounts are great for long-term savings. If you want to avoid... Uh, but you want to avoid withdrawing money from them early. If at all possible, don't dip into these accounts. Now, there are some exceptions to the penalties. Like if you're going to buy your first home, if you have some medical costs, maybe paying for education, you might be able to avoid a penalty if you take money from your IRA. But you do lose out on the compound interest that your money can make over a long period of time. So the idea is, yeah, maybe you can access it without the penalty, but the benefit of what it can do over 10, 20, 30, 40 years is so large, you really don't want to to chip away at that. So use these accounts for your retirement savings and avoid accessing them early if at all possible. I did a shorter breakdown of this question on episode 22, Ask Me Anything. And uh, since the contribution deadline has been extended, I thought this is a good time for us to really understand the difference between these two accounts. So let's take a deeper dive. And really what I want you to do is consider making a contribution for 2020 if you have not already maxed out your limit because now would be a good uh, time frame to do that. We have a few weeks still. Let me say, first of all, the best way to contribute money for retirement is through an employee match. So if you work somewhere where your employer offers a retirement account and they match a certain amount, that's the best place to start. You're going to double your money immediately. If they give you a 3% match, you take 3% of your paycheck, put it in, boom, 100% return immediately. There's nothing else that comes close to that kind of return off the bat. So that would, that's the where you should start. Uh, by the way, even if you don't have a retirement plan through your work, be it a 401k, a 403b, simple IRA, TSP, etc., you may still be eligible to contribute to an IRA. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be either or. Sometimes people think, well, I have a retirement account through work, so I can't do an IRA. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, if you have a retirement plan available through your work, IRA, even if you have a retirement plan available through your work, an IRA can be a helpful alternative. And then, of course, if you don't have a, a retirement plan through your work, IRAs are probably the next best thing. So let's put, a, put aside the workplace retirement plans for the moment because the question we really want to ask on this episode or what we want to answer on this episode is whether you should go with the Roth or traditional. What questions need to be answered in order to figure out uh, the right way to go? So we're going to walk through a series of questions that will help us to determine the best route. A big part of this equation is going to come down to the tax impact. So I would always recommend getting your tax professional's input on this question as well. If you work with a CPA, a tax preparer, somebody that uh, knows your tax situation, always a good idea to get their input on this question. So here's the first question we need to answer. Are you eligible to contribute to an IRA in the first place? Well, that's a good question because not everybody is. And sometimes people assume they are, but but there are some limitations that the IRS sets out. So here are the qualifications. You can only contribute money from earned income. That would be your wages, tips, commissions, etc. Passive income like rental income, interest, a pension, those are not considered earned income. So the money that you're putting in has to come from earned income. The contribution limit is $6,000 a year. If you're 50 or over, it's bumped up to 7,000, and that would be combined. So, for instance, if you're going to do 4,000 into a Roth and 2,000 into a traditional, that you hit the limit of 6,000. If you have three Roth IRAs, which you can, uh, and you did 2,000 at each, 
you hit the limit. So it's not 6,000 per account that you have. It's just 6,000 over all the IRAs that you have combined contributions. There are also some income limitations. Uh, traditional IRA, if you have a workplace retirement plan, then there's going to be some limitations as far as whether or not you get a tax deduction. So these are the limits that the IRS sets out, at least currently. If you're filing single, $66,000 a year. If you're married filing jointly, $105,000 a year. If you're over that amount, then your deduction starts to fade out. So, so you don't get the full amount deducted from income taxes. And then after a certain, uh, after not too much farther, then it disappears altogether. So the idea is you could still put the money in a traditional IRA, but you're not going to get the upfront tax benefit of deducting it from, from your, your income taxes. Now for Roth IRAs, it's a little bit different. You can contribute to a Roth IRA if you're filing single up to $124,000. If you're married filing jointly up to $196,000 and then there's a fade out and then uh, just a little bit over those numbers, then you're no longer eligible to, con to, to contribute to a Roth IRA. So if you think you might be close to those limits, you may want to talk to your tax preparer. Make sure that you are eligible or, or maybe even partially eligible. Maybe you're in that window just you know, where it hasn't fully phased out, but you don't get the full benefit. Now, if you are above these income limits, let's say you, you are married filing jointly and you make $250,000 a year. Well, then you can't do the Roth IRA. So the answer is simple. You have to do the traditional IRA. Um, you won't get the tax deduction, but you will get tax deferred growth. There is a way by which you could potentially then turn that non-deductible traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. Uh, you want to talk to a financial planner, talk to uh, your, your tax professional to make sure you do that the right way and you understand uh, the mechanics of that. But that could be a, a really beneficial avenue to still get a really big uh, tax benefit from IRA contributions. If you're under those income limits though, and most people are under those income limits, then here's the second question. So the first questions we have to ask is, okay, are, are we even eligible? Is Do we have earned income? Um, have we have we not maxed out our IRA contributions? And are we at least, you know, where are we at as far as the income limits? If you're under those income limits and you could still do a Roth or traditional, then here would be the second question. Do you expect your tax rate to be higher in the future than it is now? And this is this is really what most of it comes down to. Because yes, if you believe yes, your taxes will be higher later, then you should consider the Roth IRA because you pay the taxes now and not the bigger taxes later. If you're in, say, the 12% tax bracket now, but later on expect to be in the 22 to 24% tax bracket, well, that, that, would be, uh, that, that would probably be the right way to go, to go with the Roth. This would happen with a lot of younger folks, maybe professionals who are early in their career and they know their future earnings are going to be higher. They're more likely to be in a bigger tax bracket later in life. Maybe you're a business owner and for whatever reason, maybe you had a lot of expenses this year. What Your, 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 your taxable income is lower in that particular year. That might be a good time to take advantage of Roth IRA contributions. If the answer, however, is no, that you don't expect your tax rate to be higher in the future, then you may want to consider the traditional IRA. So let's, let's say maybe you're three years away from retirement. You're in the 32% tax bracket right now, but in retirement, you expect to be in the 22% tax bracket. Well, it'd be better to get the tax break now uh, and pay the taxes later on at a lower tax bracket. So for those that are in their peak earning years, 
it's likely that they're going to be in the same tax bracket, if not lower, in retirement. So that's really the, the main crux of the issue is where are you going to be in the future? I know it's not always easy to, to know exactly where you're going to be, but based on, on, on your best estimate. Two more questions to consider that may be helpful. Uh, and that is, do you expect to need income from your IRAs in retirement? Sometimes people are putting money aside in IRAs, but it's really because they want to save it for the future, uh, give it away, give it uh, you know to, as an inheritance to their beneficiaries, uh, charitable uh, contributions. And they don't actually think they're going to use that money in retirement. Most people will. Most people will use the money in their IRAs, at least in portion, in retirement. But some people have other sources of income. They have a pension, Social Security. They have residual income from their business, from rental properties. And it's enough to cover their expenses, and they're not going to need to touch their IRAs. If that applies, if the answer is yes, uh, well, if the answer is yes, you do need income from your IRAs in retirement, then you really want to make the decision mainly based off the tax impact from the previous question. But if the answer is no, I don't think I'm going to touch this money in retirement, then you may want to consider the Roth IRA. And the, the reason is because with the traditional IRA, you're going to have to start taking required minimum distributions at 72. The IRS is going to start making you take money out every year. And it's going to stunt your long-term growth potential because it's chipping away. You're taking a little bit out uh, each year. With the Roth, no required minimum distributions. So that money can continue to grow and really maximize and benefit so that it can be passed along to beneficiaries or gifted at the time of your death. Last question to consider on this Roth first traditional is, are you making pre-tax contributions already with your 401k or other type of workplace retirement plan? So maybe you're already putting three, five, 6% away uh, for retirement through your workplace and it's pre-tax, so you're already getting a tax deduction. Um, that if that's if that's the case, then maybe you want to consider a Roth IRA for tax diversification, because what it's going to do is get, it's going to give you two different buckets of retirement funds to draw from in the future, and that can be really advantageous, because that way, depending on where you're at later in life, you can have a choice: Do I want to pull from a taxable account? Maybe in a year where where my income tax is going to be low, that will be a good time for me to draw from the traditional IRA funds. But maybe in another year where my tax income is really high, maybe I, I, I sold some property or I had a, uh, you know, a really good year in my business, maybe I want to be able to tap into some tax-free money for my Roth side. So having tax diversification can be really beneficial, and that's another thing to consider. So again, if you're looking to save for retirement, IRA can be a great solution. If you have questions about setting up an IRA, choosing the right type of IRA for your situation, how to invest your money, etc., Send me an email, info at Nate Skelly. We can send up a tie, set up a time to talk and answer those questions. Hope that was helpful for you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I'll see you on the next one.